The following audio is from First Baptist Pelham in Pelham, Alabama. More information about First Baptist Pelham is available at fbcpelham.org. to be with you uh, this morning. It is a new day at First Baptist Pelham. And it's God's day, so it's a great day, amen? And I know uh, that on this day, as you move forward, there are some great decisions that lie ahead, and we're going to be talking about finding God's glory in the midst of your decisions this morning, I want to invite you to turn your copy of God's Word, or some of you to turn on your copy of God's Word, uh, to Exodus 33, and we'll take our text from there in just a moment. Uh, I actually have a little device up here that uh, uh, lets me know when I'm done, so that I can be done before you're done, okay? I have a church that I'm helping right now, their pastor died. And so I step in on occasion for them, and I think the one of their deacons has that little thermometer that pops out when he's done, so so I try to beat that. I'm looking for that deacon in this crowd too, okay? So, But uh, let me say thank you. Uh, first, on behalf of Dr. Rick Lance, who will be with you, I believe, in a few weeks, Don's got a Great lineup of pastors scheduled from next week on. Couldn't find anybody for this week, so he called me. And uh, so I'm delighted to be here. Uh, But uh, Dr. Lance and I have the privilege of serving you as state missionaries. And uh, it is a joy and privilege to serve all of our Alabama Baptist churches. Uh, But certainly be aware that we know that First Baptist Pelham is one of those jewels in the crown of Alabama Baptist, and certainly Brother Mike Shaw was one of the jewels, is still one of the jewels among our pastors in, uh, in all of Alabama. So it is a delight to be able to serve you and to say thank you. Uh, Brother Mike would say it this way, thank you, thank you, thank you. See, I learned something, and I love you, I love you, I love you on behalf of Alabama Baptist uh, for your love and support for missions all around the world, for your giving, for your going, and uh, for the cause of Christ, you are to be commended. Thank you for your gifts through the cooperative program and for your support also of state mission causes. Let's look together in God's Word, and I invite you to stand uh, at the reading of this most holy word of the Lord. Beginning in verse 12 of chapter 33, Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless 
you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Now show me your glory. May God add His blessing to the reading of this word. You know, some of life's decisions, we're willing to decide them with the toss of a coin. You ever done that? You ever seen that? You ever watched a football game? You've seen the toss of the coin, haven't you? Pretty lightweight decision in many ways, although I know every football team wants to win the toss of the coin, but they'd rather win the game, right? And so we've made some decisions along life's way with the toss of the coin. Occasionally, we've just passed on the decision-making to somebody else. Right? You've got some decisions like that. Uh, Sometimes my wife and I, we race each other to pass on those decisions. You know, like, uh, where are we going to go eat? It's your turn to decide that. Uh, We decide things like that. We don't decide on the cooking. Who's going to cook tonight? No, that's decided. (laughs) Let's move on from there. But there are some decisions that they're not that important. It's okay for somebody else to make the decision. But friends, there's some decisions that you don't need to make and I don't need to make. We need to know what God wants in that decision. And I want to say to you, First Baptist Pelham, you're at one of those points. You need to know what God has to say. You need to know who God's man is for First Baptist Pelham. I want to tell you, I've had uh, pastor friends uh, through my career advise me to go pastor certain churches because they say, you can be better than that, talking about the pastor that was there. It's like that's not much of a mountain to climb. I always appreciated my pastor friends thinking that much of my ability that I need to follow somebody that's terrible. But you got to find a person that's going to follow Brother Mike Shaw who's been here for 35 years. Back in 1990, I actually was interviewed by First Baptist Pelham, Brother Mike was here at that time. Y'all weren't here, you were down there. You dodged a bullet that day, just want to tell you. God intervened on your behalf. No, God had a plan for you and for me, and I'm thankful that God showed us both His will and His glory. I know through the years, though, watching churches and helping churches and working in churches that Anytime you have a long-tenured pastor, it can be a difficult time of transition and it can be a difficult time for the pastor that comes unless he's God's chosen one. And that's not a decision to be taken lightly. 
That's not a decision you need to make. That's a decision you need to hear from God. Who is it that's to come here and pastor this church to reach this community, to help reach around the world for Jesus Christ? Who is that man? God, show us your glory. I want to take a few moments and kind of set the scene of why Moses was pleading with God to be shown his glory. You kind of have to back up not too far. Of course, you know, uh, in the Exodus, they had left uh, Egypt. After the plagues, the Passover came, and, and uh, God led his people out of Egypt. They crossed over the sea. As it was parted, they were able to cross over on dry land, and then it collapsed on Pharaoh's army. Now they're making their way toward the promised land. Really still kind of novices at this experience, at this faith journey. Still seeing that cloud at day and night. Having experiences on their journey like manna from heaven and water from rocks, but it's still a faith journey. And they need to know God all along the way. And it's still a trying time for the people. A fearful time for the people. So back in chapter 32, Moses is on the mountain of God receiving the Ten Commandments. His lieutenant, I guess, his associate pastor Joshua is with him and they're coming back down. Moses with those tablets in his arm and from the distance it says they hear a sound. And Joshua says, it's kind of a funny story here, Joshua says, it's the sound of war. And Moses says, no, no, no. That's neither the sound of victory nor defeat. Joshua, that's our choir. I didn't say it was First Baptist Pelham's choir. I said, that's our choir. I wonder how bad they sounded. And so they moved on and they did see the singing and the dancing of the people, but it was around the golden calf and, and Moses was angry and he threw down the stone tablets and he took the golden calf and he, he burned it and then he crushed it and he ground it into powder and he put it in the water and he made the people to drink it. And then he calls Aaron over to him and says, what's going on? And Aaron says, now don't get mad at me. Now I want to know something. Have you ever had somebody say this to you? Don't get mad. Now whatever you do, don't get mad. You know what that means? You're about to get mad. But I got news for Aaron. It was too late. Moses was already mad. He, he, he was about a mile past mad. He was furious. And all Aaron was trying to do is say, don't vent completely on me. You need to remember who these people are. You know these folks. You know what they're like. And, and they begin to pressure me because you're gone. They didn't think you were coming back. They thought we'd been abandoned out here. And so, so I just, I had to do something. So I said, hey, give me your gold. And I threw it in the fire and whoop, up popped this golden calf. Who knew? Then Moses called out, who's on my side? And the Levites came and he told them to take their swords and they went through the camp and 
some 3,000 were killed that day because of what they had done and turning their back on God. And not only that, God then caused a plague to fall on the people because of what they did with the calf. And so it was in the midst of that that Moses hears God say this, now you just go on to the promised land, but I don't believe I'll go with you because I might just kill this stiff-necked people on the way. I want to tell you something. I'm glad God gives direction and purpose in life. Aren't you? But I don't want to go down that road without Him. And that's what Moses began to say. Look, God, I know that's the promised land, but I don't want to go without you. I need to know that this is not just the right place, but I need to know that this is the right thing. I want to know that this is what you want for my life and for these people. I want to know, God, that you're going to be with us all along the way. God, please, please. He makes this threefold plea. Number one, he says, teach me your way. Show me your ways. I want you to know something. Moses wasn't saying, now God, I need a word. He was saying, God, I need the word. I need to know the way. I need to know your way. Show me your way. Jesus says, I am the way. Okay? He was asking God to show him Jesus. He was asking God to see the eternal Christ. Show me your will, your wisdom, your way, your word. Show me the way through Jesus. You ever had those times in life and not only is First Baptist Pelham facing those decisions, some of you have those kind of decisions going on in your life right now. And you need to know the way of God. You need to know the word of God for your life right now. It's a decision so critical for some of you, it may mean life or death. It may decide what happens for the rest of your life. It may be a decision that will impact generations to come in your family. And you need to know clearly today the Word of God, the way of God through Jesus Christ. You can join Moses today and say, Lord God, teach me your way. Show me Christ in the midst of this decision. A friend of mine, we were in the midst of a building church building. Quite often we'd have those interactions with uh, contractors. And a contractor would come in and he would make a promise. My friend looked over at me and he said, do you believe him? Do you trust him? I said, I trust no one but Jesus alone for he is the way, the truth, and the life. And the only thing that I can trust is what I can see of Jesus in you. For he's the only one. Lord, teach us your way. And then he says, Lord, show me your presence. I found this real interesting. You know, God said to him, because I have found, uh, I have trust in you, Moses. I do love you, so I am going to show you my presence. That Moses still wanted to underscore that, Lord, you've got to show me your presence. And here's what he says, and I find it real interesting. He says, Lord, 
If you don't show me your presence, if your presence isn't with us, then how will anyone know that you're pleased with us? And how will your people know? And how will we be distinguished from anyone else unless your presence is with us? He says, Lord, show me your way. Show me Christ. But he says, show me your presence. Show me the power of the Holy Spirit at work in and through our lives. Because if the Spirit isn't at work in and through us, then we won't know that we're in your will. And no one will know that we've been set apart for you. Lord God, how will they even know that we're your children if your presence isn't moving in our midst? One of the saddest indictments I've ever heard is when people will walk out of the church and say, I can't sense the presence of the Lord in that place. Always have a twofold question. One, what's going on in that church that you can't sense the presence of the Spirit? But the second thing is what's going on in that person's life that they can't sense the presence of the Spirit wherever they go? And Moses says, listen, we won't know that you're with us unless we know your presence, but they won't know we're your people unless you're present with us. God, I want this to be clear to everyone. So First Baptist Pelham, I I want to say to you today that I want God to move in the power of His Spirit in such way that not only will you have clarity about the man that He's bringing this way, but this whole community will have clarity that that's God's man. His Spirit rests upon Him. His Spirit is in that place. His Spirit is in those people. Listen, you know, early on in the church growth movement, they would talk about that the key to church growth is location, location, location. I want to tell you, it's never been that. It has never been that. It's always been this, visibility, visibility, visibility. Can people see Jesus in you? Wherever you go, can they sense the power and the presence of the Holy One in your life? We need that kind of clarity in all of our decisions that we can sense and know the Spirit of the living God. But listen, Moses didn't stop there. He didn't stop by saying, just show me your way and show me your presence. He then makes this final plea, Lord God, show me your glory. Now what's he asking for? Well, we serve a triune God. He has made a triune appeal for the Son, for the Spirit, and now for the full measure of the Godhead. If you'll note in this chapter, it talks about how Moses would go to the tent of meeting and a cloud would descend and Moses would begin to speak to God face to face as friend to friend. But now he says, Lord God, show me your glory. And God says, you can't look on my face. You can't look on the fullness of my glory. So Moses, I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you in the cleft of a rock and I'm going to cover you so that you can't behold me until I've passed by and then you can look on my back because if you see me face to face, if you see God in the fullness, you can't survive. 
So when he says, show me your glory, he is asking to see the fullness of God's glory. I want to tell you this morning, I'm so excited that our God is so glorious that we can't even behold the fullness of his glory. It would overwhelm us and destroy us. That's how mighty, how powerful our God is. But that's how so desperate Moses was. He said, God, I won't, don't want to know just a little bit. He said, God, I want to know the full measure of your glory. I want to know the fullness of your decision, the full weight. That's literally what that word means, glory. I want the full weight of God on this decision. So here it is. Most of us don't spend a lot of time flipping coins to make decisions. A good number of us don't pass our decisions off to somebody else. But what we tend to do is we weigh out our decisions. Not long ago, I sat with my daughter. She's married an airman. And we're proud of them both. Equally pleased right now that they're living not only in this country, but on this side of the Mississippi. I tell you what, I, I like our country. I like to go out west, but I like to come home. And I like my daughter being on this side of the Mississippi, so we're enjoying that. But I was sitting with her, and she was talking about the decision that they were facing. And like so many of us, and so many times in my own life, she began to weigh things out. She'd say, well, if we, if we do that, then this could happen. But this could happen. And she would begin to weigh it out between the good and the bad. Some of those things were good things that she knew factually would happen, but there are also some bad things that she knew factually would occur. Or at least, if they weren't bad, they weren't preferable. And so she began working with the knowns, and, and she would separate them out, the good from the bad, and she would try to weigh them, and then she began to work with the unknowns. But this could happen, and that would be good, but this could happen, and that would be bad. You ever done that in your life, and you try to weigh that decision? And that decision just weighs on your mind back and forth and back and forth it goes. I want to tell you why that weighs so heavily on your mind. It's because you can't make a decision that way. You know why? Because the things that are known and unknown, good or bad, are on the same side of the scale. Those things that are known, good and bad, they're going to happen. Those things that are unknown, good and bad, could happen. They're on the same side of the scale. You know how you make a decision in life? You've got to say, God, put your weight on the other side. And let me know, God, your glory. Let me know, God, what you want for my life. Some of you are right there today. You're trying to weigh it out. I'm going to tell you what. You need to put all this down. And you need to get on your face before God. And you need to say this. Lord God, show me. Your way. Lord God, I don't need a word. I need to know the word. I need to know the living Christ. I need to see Jesus in this so that I can trust it that it's true. Lord, show me your way. And Lord God, let me know your presence. Lord, I want to sense the Spirit all over this decision so that I can have confidence and that those around me can have confidence that this is the right decision that we've got to make. Lord God, I want your spirit all over this.
And most of all, Lord God, show me your glory. Don't let me just sit here weighing out the good and the bad. Listen, there's nothing wrong with doing due diligence. Later on, they would, they would do that. They'd go into the promised land. They'd send spies. And, but the spies came out and they started saying, well, it is a land flowing with milk and honey, but there are giants in the land. And here they go. It was only Joshua and Caleb that took that scale and threw it away and said, but God has said it's ours. We need God to show us His glory. You need God to show you His glory. To put His full weight down on that decision. You don't need to know somebody else's opinion. Friends, you don't even need to know your own opinion. You need to know what God wants for your life. His is the only opinion that matters. The decision that faces First Baptist Pelham is one that will impact the kingdom of God. That's how important this decision is. You need to know God. You don't need to take it so lightly that you can say, well, here's two or three good pastors, let's just flip a coin. You don't need to take it so lightly that you just put it all on the search team and say, we'll trust them. Now listen, I believe you've probably got a search team you can trust, but they don't need you to trust them. They need you on your face praying along with them. They don't need you to be a passive part of this decision. You need to be on your face saying, God, give us the word. God, show us your presence. Let it be all over this, God. Show us your glory. You don't punt this decision to somebody else. You look to God and ask Him to show you His glory. It's a new day at First Baptist Pelham. But it's a new day for you. For some of you, this could be the day of salvation. A day that all things become new. Maybe you're here today and you don't know the Word. You don't know Christ. But you know, out of decisions in life, there's brokenness, there's hurt. Maybe... That's not the case at all. Maybe you don't feel brokenness, but you just feel some emptiness. You just know that everything's not right. You don't sense the Spirit of the living God at work. You feel all alone in this world. But today can be the day of salvation. If you turn from your sin to place your trust in Christ, He'll forgive you and give you life. Eternal. Abundant, full, and free. Maybe today you're here deciding what God wants to do with your life. And it's a day that can be a new day as you come and unite this day with First Baptist Pelham and say, I want to be a part of what God is going to do in and through this place. Because I can sense His Spirit here and I know that He wants to use me 
here. Maybe, maybe today is a new day for you because you know today you need to get involved in vacation Bible school this week and, and do your part to transform lives. And maybe today you just need to come and say, God, you know what? I, I need to put aside everything else this week and give attention to what you're doing. Maybe this is a new day for you because you need to say it's not somebody else's responsibility, it's my responsibility to seek God's glory in the decision that faces First Baptist Pella. I want to have a word of prayer and we're going to have a time of invitation. But it's an invitation of God today for your life him to say to you I want to show you my glory will you let him do that today and today will be a new day today will be a great day because today is God's day Father we thank you for a love that is everlasting a love that was so clearly demonstrated on on a cross when Christ came to die, not for sins that He committed, but for my sin, all my sin, past, present, and future, all of our sin. He suffered and He bled and died and took the full wrath for sin's penalty on His life. And He poured out His life for us. Oh, but thank You, Lord God, it didn't end there. That was only the beginning of a new day because He rose victorious from the grave that in Him we might have life. Lord God, we give You thanks this day that in Christ there is life for all who believe and trust in Him. Lord God, we pause to say thank You the servants that you have sent our way through the years, especially for one like Brother Mike. And we know, Lord God, you're going to continue to use him and be a blessing through him to so many others. But Lord God, we know that as he moves on in life, he does so leaving a place for your man to stand, to unite and lead this church forward. Lord God, we need to know your way. We need to know your presence and we need to know your glory this day. We'll do what pleases you. And what will impact the kingdom for generations to come in a way that will bring glory to your name. As we pray in the precious, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. I invite you to stand. Members of your staff will be here. Whatever God is saying to you today, will you come? Will you honor Him? As we say. Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more information about First Baptist Pelham and other free resources like this one, log on to fbcpelham.org.